welcome to episode 89 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Dade, and my co-host is Les. Tonight, we're talking about stationary adjacency, more specifically, how the pandemic has changed our stationary use. But first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Les, how's it going? Not too bad. I can't complain today or yet. I mean, <laughs> still kind of early for me. I mean, I might be up for another, you know, five, six hours. So um, Same. Pl- plenty of time, plenty of time to find something to complain about. <laughs> Um, but, uh, for, for consumption, let's see, what am I excited about? Um, I got myself a copy of 404 magazine, um, Andy Welfley's little zine that he's been making about, uh, user experience writing. And I'm not going to lie. I really love it. It's, I really like what he did with this cover with the neon green and then the black printing over the top. It's just, it's really lovely. And I really like how at the fold on the spine, when it came through the mail, it kind of cracked the black and that that black, the the green crackles are going through the cover. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things that I really it's not something that you can do on purpose. Uh, you could plan for something like that. But in terms of a of designing a zine, that's just one of those happy accidents that you can't plan for. And it's lovely. I love it. So super fun. Uh, the other thing that I'm excited about, I have switched, I finished my Dom's Fusion, and I have now switched to the Epsara Matte Magic 2.0 Extra Dark. It's got this cute little imprint of stars on top of it. I think I talked about those a couple of weeks ago, but now I'm I'm doing a thing where I grab a pencil and I use it down to a nubbin. And I'm really digging that pencil right now. So they're just, they're smooth, they hold a point, and I enjoy writing with them on the crap paper that I have at work and also my scratch pads at home. So digging that. I finally finished my raised bed. I've got several more that I've planned to fill and work on over the next couple of weeks as growing season hits. And I'm really looking forward to my garden this this summer. I did a lot of gardening last summer, and um, even though we're, I hope, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're ending the pandemic issues here in the United States, um, as more and more of us get our vaccines, that um, I'm still I'm still going to enjoy my garden, and hopefully more so. So that's about it for me in terms of what I'm I'm enjoying. I. I, um, I've already finished several, several cups of coffee today and I'm drinking water now. So yeah. What about you, Dade? What about me? Let's see. Um, so literally I'm consuming a Starbucks, uh, salted caramel, cold foam, cold brew. I kind of had those midday sleepies and so I drank some coffee and now I'm really wired and trying my best not to talk fast because that's usually what happens <laughs> when I drink too much coffee. So like you, I probably have an, at least another six hours in me before I fall asleep. Um, but probably more like 10, like literally like I last night I did the same thing and I was up till two thirty. Ooh, that's Yeah. Eh, just, I need to, I, I really have realized that I can't consume coffee past like 2 PM if I want to go to bed. Yeah, that that's something I don't know. It hit when I was like thirty eight ish, 
my body just stopped being able to handle coffee after one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And if I do have any caffeine, even the slightest little hint of it, yeah, I end up staying up until one or two in the morning. It's yeah. awful. And I also noticed that my body is just different with caffeine in general. Like I, I can't tolerate it like I used to. Like I used to just be able to drink it con- constantly. Now, <clears throat> if I consume too much, I get real shaky and just. It's you know I turned forty and I guess I can't have hot stuff and I can't have coffee. It sucks. Um, but uh, what else? So I rejoined the Erasable group. I had stepped away from that group for a while just for mm-hmm. like self care. Um, and I'm back and it's been really great. I actually it's fun to reconnect with people and you know like have that community and that's one thing i really missed is the community that does exist there and so i i won't get too much into why i left i think those of me those of you that know me enough know why i left but um i'm glad to be back it's it's also really fun to have more stationery in my facebook feed considering that um i really only use facebook to check facebook groups so um yeah so that's 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 been a fun thing. So another new thing is I got a new video card and capture card for my PC. I let my impatience get the best of me and I just paid more than I should have for a video card, but I also needed one. And so I'm grumpy, but not about it. So, and um, my capture card is for, I want to, I stream my gaming now, but I want to stream Nintendo switch gaming. And so you need, something extra to do that so i did that i installed them in my computer two days ago and everything is working so that's a win um i know it's kind of like nerve-wracking to take apart your computer and add stuff to it so so far so good um i've also been working on my i never know how to say it ko-fi is that how you say ko-fi Coffee, because it's it's meant to kind of rhyme with both coffee, coffee and no fee. Got it, coffee. It sounds fancy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. It just sounds like you know something you order in a restaurant. So I've been working on my coffee page for the blog um, because I've been spending a lot of time working on my blog. I haven't released any new posts yet because I'm I'm just. I'm being mindful of, of what I write about. And so I want to have a couple posts ready and I will share it with the world soon. In fact, by the time this podcast is out, um, there will be a Kofi page. Um, and I'll, I'll talk more about that. Actually, I could talk about it real quick now. Just, um, I want to, I think I mentioned it last episode, Les, like, I wanted to blog again, mm-hmm. but there's also those complicated feelings about creating content and like, you know, um, it's even complicated to talk about G- creating content and, and getting compensated for that content. Um, I never want to be a fee for like, I, I never want to be like, you have to pay money to look at my stuff. Like that's not reasonable and that's not fair. You know, I think that's silly, but you know, it would be nice every now and then to be able to pay for my monthly web hosting or 
you know, my domain registration. And we're talking like I added it up a year's worth of of hosting and domain registration is like 200 and some odd dollars. Um, you know, and I also do want to create content that are for people that are supporters. A lot of people like reached out to me, have reached out to me over like the past year, like, you know, making a comment about RSVP or even like something I post on the blog and like asking about my, my experience with grad school and like, it's really interesting. And, and so I have a couple things, I have a couple ideas. And so I guess all I can say is like, stay tuned and we'll see how it goes, but it's been really great for me as a motivator too. And I think that's the flip side of this. There's the accountability piece. Mm. Uh, because I notice when stuff holds me accountable, I tend to be more productive and I also tend to, create better things um and so yeah but anyhow that's something that's been taking up my time i also got my first covid vaccine shot Woo-hoo. Uh, i know i am team pfizer i didn't have a choice that's just what happened um but i'm i'm really it's really for those of you listening that haven't have got the shot um it's kind of a surreal emotional experience when you, you know, you're, you're sitting in your 15 minute window of like, you know, observation. It really gave me time to reflect on everything um, and how grateful I am to have the privilege of being vaccinated. And it was that like light at the end of the tunnel feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and, and besides being tired, I didn't really feel anything horrible. And so anything is better than COVID. So truth. And I didn't realize that Pfizer, it's only three weeks in between your first and second. Yep. So I go in three weeks to get my second one and hopefully I'll fare just as well. And finally, the other thing is I've been sorting out some things, I guess you'd call them about time management and wellness. I feel like, I've let that slip over the past couple months, and I think it's due to just the hectic nature of field placement and work. And I really, going into my summer semester, I really want to make sure that I'm front-loading my self-care because I know that in the thick of things, it's going to kind of go out the window. So I want to have a good foundation, and I also just want to be... I, I hate the word exercise, but I definitely need to be more active. Um, I had my yearly physical and I'm fine, but like, I, I also don't like that. Like I'm not able to be as active as I want to be because I get tired. Mm. And so I want, you know, I think, I think a good mix of time management and being mindful of what you're doing with your time, but also coupling an activity, mm-hmm. I think will be that final piece for me at least in burning off any anxiety that does come up for me. Cause that is something I do struggle with. And so, yeah. And then the getting in shape part just comes naturally. Cause if you move more, that's just what happens. Um, so yeah, so that's really it for me. That was a lot. Um, mm. I'm telling you, it's this, it's this <laughs> caffeine in me. I just, I, <laughs> so I, I think unless you have anything, we could head right into that main topic. I'm good for the main topic. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, at the front of the show, is that a thing? Yeah, I guess. It's the front. Front end of our show. Top of the show. There we go. Um, 
that we were going to talk about stationary adjacency. And I think this has always been a thing for us. It's where we get the, and so much more. Um, We are definitely a stationary podcast. We'll always be a stationary podcast, but I think stationary adjacency is kind of our jam and something we're pretty good at because I feel like every episode we talk about stationary and then we kind of couple it with other things in our life. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about. And we're also going to talk about, like I said, also at the top of the show, how the pandemic has changed the way we are using our stationery um, and how it is interweaved, interwoven, that's a word, um, with our technology use. Because I think that is something that I didn't expect to happen as well as it has, for me at least. So um, I just talked a lot, so less. Um, <laughs> I don't know so, where you want to start. So I, I I think I proposed this topic because I came up onto the necessity to buy a new mouse. Um, so we were we were out shopping for a new new mouse for my partner because hers died. It just wouldn't communicate with her Mac anymore, and it might actually be the Mac itself, not the mouse. So while we were there, it's like, you know, I have been having a lot of carpal tunnel issues. I've been having a lot of a lot of wrist and hand and elbow pain from using a traditional mouse that you kind of have to pinch to move around. Uh, so uh, while I was there, I was looking at this beautiful display of Logitech um, mice, and th- they had this display of ergonomic mice, and I held one. And it was the most beautiful sensation ever because it completely changed the grip of how I was holding the mouse. And then I looked at the price tag and whoa, holy crap. Um, It was, I think it was $125 for that particular mouse. And I just could not, could not justify that. I really wanted to buy it. So I ended up coming home and I happened upon a lightning deal for a knockoff of that on, on, uh, Bezos's site and I'm gonna you know it I have been on the computer far more often than I have ever been on the computer in my life I'm at work and for almost eight hours a day I'm in front of a computer I'm holding on to the mouse I'm I'm doing something I'm using a mouse almost eight hours a day and then I would come home and I would, you know, do my side hustle. I'd work on RSVP. I'd work on Comfortable Shoes Studio. I would, you know, scroll Facebook for hours on end. And just the constant use of the mouse really flared up that carpal tunnel. And I'm a week into the new mouse and here at home. And it's actually helped just the the change in, in using the mouse. So, um. The interesting thing is, is that as I have used the mouse more because I'm on the computer more, my use of stationary has reduced. I don't know if you're noticing that. Um, the more you're on the computer, the more the less you're using stationary. Oh yeah. I mean, I was my work day. Um, I would have an hour at my computer. This is this is pre-pandemic, pre-lockdown, pre-work from home. I would. I'd be on my computer for an hour. I'd check my email. We'd have, I'd answer emails. I would uh, do some paperwork on the computer, which is interesting that it's called paperwork, even though it's on the computer. Um, 
and then we'd have staff meeting and then I would move into running groups for the day. And it's three groups in the morning, a group in the afternoon with a lunch break. Um, and then there'd be a half hour where I might be on the computer doing paperwork and then we'd have another staff meeting and then another half hour of paperwork. So I went from using a computer for maybe two or three hours a day to using it eight hours a day at work, just work. So in the past, when I was not in my office, I always had like a pocket notebook or three by five cards, something that I could just jot information down super quick. And then I also had my work bullet journal. And I don't, I can't remember the last time when I actually used my work bullet journal in a really bullet journal-y kind of way. Right now I'm just doing a to-do list on a crappy legal pad. And that's working better than the bullet journal because it I just leave it flopped out on my desk. And the bullet journal is less helpful because of how it opens, its size. It's just, it's not as useful compared to the legal pad. But I'm not using that very often either. You know, I have five timely things that I have to finish within a day. Everything else I log in my work uh, Google Calendar. And it just makes more sense to use the Google Calendar because I'm on the computer all day. But anyway, the um, I f- I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit up work to buy a new mouse for me um, because this is already helping. Just like I'm not having any pain as I use this mouse and slide it over my desk. It's kind of feels like a joystick. And I was telling you about it earlier. But going back to that that change, what about you? How what what change have you noticed now that you are um, doing doing new things? Um, My biggest change is just the sometimes I don't use any stationery all week because I I think the biggest change is the calendar use. And so before the pandemic, obviously we weren't, I I didn't even know what Zoom was actually. Um, And so there weren't Google Meets, there weren't Zoom Meets. And so like I would keep it like a paper calendar, like, you know, a planner. And it was actually an activity that I enjoyed doing on every Sunday was just kind of sitting down and filling out my weekly calendar and color coding things. It was just this wonderful experience. If you were to see my Google Calendar now, um, it it actually would take probably over an hour for me to do that in a planner. And I don't even think I'd have enough room in a planner because while while we were while you were talking, I had my Google Calendar open and I have 42 scheduled things next week. So just thinking about writing that out is just I, I, I don't even want to think about it. So calendar use, definitely agenda use, definitely like I don't I've kind of shifted to a very short term kind of stationary use of like instead of Sunday sitting down and filling out. A planner, I sit down and write a list of things that I need to get done for the week and then prioritize them. And so I have lists. That's what I've definitely shifted to is list keeping, because I feel like while using a digital calendar has really helped me with productivity because it's I get 
reminders, you know, 10 or five minutes before each appointment. And I can very quickly open up one single web page and see my entire schedule. Um, you know, it's, it's still like my brain still forgets things because I think it's gotten lazy because it's so used to being provided with reminders. And so I've leaned a lot more on lists and it's actually, I'm the, I'm of the camp of, I like to check things off because I feel super accomplished. So it also scratches that itch that I have of being productive. So same. I, yeah. I enjoy a good list and right. scratching it off. Do you, do you draw little empty boxes before the item so you can check it off or do you just make a list? I do a dot. I do a, a pretty traditional um, bullet journaling dot. Okay. Um, not a box. I don't, I don't, I, I did try boxes. I just, <laughs> I tried boxes. Uh, I'm leaving that. It's not, it's not bad. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried drawing boxes on, on my to-do list and it just doesn't work for me. The little dots, um, make me feel like there's something incomplete there. Sure. Whereas a box feels finished. Yeah. No, I actually have, I'll put a link in the show notes. This really, it's kind of cutesy, like list pad that I got off jet pens, my last mm-hmm. order. And it has boxes already made and yep. like little, you know, actually, I don't think it, hold on. I may be lying to you. Not intentionally, of course. Um, Oh, so it's it's cat themed. So it has I don't it looks like it's probably in Japanese. Yeah, Japanese. Um it has a column that looks like a date because it has like it's a square with a slash, so it almost seems like you should date it. But then after that, there's a little cat paw print that is a checkbox. That's um, cute. It is it's really adorable. So I have that that I use. Um and so yeah, I don't know. It also helps me visualize. So, for example, this week, things are pretty hectic at my field placement. And so if I don't write it down, I will not do it and I will forget about it. And it lets me very quickly see what kind of day I'm going to have. And so I know that on Monday I have to email three people and I know that I need to mm-hmm. reach out to a client and I know that I need to email someone at my college. And so I know that I got to wake up on Monday and like send those emails first thing. So it helps me kind of plan my day so that, yeah, that that's been a a main change for me. I'm trying to think of other ways. Um, I've noticed also that I'm not the way I take notes is different. If that makes Mm. sense. Like, if, if you looked at – I keep a, a mini-size legal pad on my desk. Yep. And it looks like, I don't know, like ravings of a madman because I, I'm actually thankful that I am remote while I'm learning to be a therapist because I can take no- – I mean, you could take notes in person too. It just – it's it's less it, – I'd rather not. But when you're – you know. Okay. No, I don't I don't take notes in in person and I rarely take them online. Um I sure. did when I was learning. I took notes in yeah. in some of my groups and so when I am in 
person. I The only thing that I do for groups is I take attendance by writing everyone's name down. Ah. But. Yeah, no, for me, like, you know, I'll write words. And so, like, basically, they're, they're reminders for me to come back to something because – because my brain is going so fast about like how to respond to this or, and, and it's for individual sessions for groups. I don't take notes at all. Like it's, I don't have to, like I find, but for individual sessions, like, you know, I have some folks that say a lot of things and I want to, I want to get back to them all, but you know, I don't want to interrupt their process. And so, yeah, it just, I'm, my notes are words. They're not notes like they used to be. Um, yeah. And even in meetings, you know, like I'll, I kind of have like a system, like, you know, we, like when we talk about students, um, we use their initials, like in emails and stuff. Um, I'm guessing for obviously privacy. Um, and so like, you know, if I write a student's initials and like circle it, it means like, I, I really got to pay attention to that student this week, or I have to like do something. And so like, I develop a shorthand instead of, cause I'm also trying to be mindful of the fact that like, yes, I'm at my house, but I'm also dealing with pretty sensitive information. Yeah. And so I don't want to, not that like Gina is going to go through my garbage, but like, you know, I would shred it anyway, but like, I just want to have good practice mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of, of not writing like JS, you know, had, you know, self injured this, you know, it's just not, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I've done like JS and then circle it and put an exclamation point, which is like a, a key cue to me that like that student needs a check in, um, you know, or if another student, if they're doing OK, like I may put like a check next to their initials or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I developed just new ways of, of being when it comes to taking things down. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about like as I read. Mm-hmm. So I've talked about the fact that I, I read on a Kindle a lot. And as I do research for like useful journaling and like my blog or even this podcast, um, I, you know, highlight and make notes in my Kindle. In the past, I would have and I still do make notes in my in my journal, in my everything everywhere journal. Um, but I find myself relying more and more and more on the Kindle highlights, um, tool. And what I like about that is that I can highlight something and then I can access it from any of my devices anywhere. I can open up that web page anywhere. I really wish they had a decent app for it or that I could more easily just like click on something within the Kindle app itself to open that up but they don't so that's annoying and I just I really find myself using that a lot and really enjoying it it really as I scroll through looking for a highlight or a note it's it's just super easy see easy to use and and make those notes and highlights a lot easier than referring to the highlight in my kindle and then also referring back to my journal Um, and I'm, you know, I'm historically been someone that has printed out all of my articles that my professors would assign, even when I have just like in my own researching interests, I hit up a, uh, professor that had, had written some stuff about queer farming. Mm 
there's a there's an actual like pretty decent body of work out there about queer farming. And so I hit up this professor asking him for some of his some of his articles that he'd written. And he sent me PDFs of everything. Rather than saving those to my Kindle and opening them up, I printed them off so that I would have them physically. Uh, and it, I've always done that. I've always used a highlighter on those and, you know, a pencil to write marginalia. And it's kind of different for me to realize that I'm using my technology more. And I think part of it is that I am just on the computer so often. There was a point in the pandemic where I was on my computer for so long every single day that I didn't want to see it anymore. But now that I'm back in the office and I'm on the work computer, which is a terrible computer, makes my little pizza box here seem nice. And it, it, then I come home and there's that shift between work and home again that makes it more comfortable to be on my own personal computer in a way that it wasn't when I was doing work from home. Because certainly, even though they're supposed to, they did not provide me with a laptop. They did provide me with a cell phone, which was a terrible cell phone, but still. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's interesting to kind of have that. What about you? How do you, is there any change in how you're doing notes and highlights in the digital age or since the pandemic? So for me, I actually am also like you. I, I like paper, like I print out stuff for class. And so that, I mean, I don't know cause I haven't started school up again. Um, but I do plan on printing again I actually just ordered those um, Kokoyo Novita binders, those expandable binders. And I'm going to use that same system I used last year. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes to those because mm -hmm. that was really helpful for me. Um, I don't like to read digitally. I I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, I look at the computer all the time. It's not like... Maybe that's why. I don't know. Like, I even have a regular paper white Kindle, so I've tried to even do that. And no, I I really like I really like the actual paper. It just I'm always torn though because it's creating more waste in a way, but it's also like it, you kind of you kind of choose. Like, am I gonna? you know, read this material in the, the best way that works for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to suffer through digital reading. Like I can't read on my iPad at all. You know, it's interesting. I had a lot of trouble. So I, when I went back to grad school, I decided very early on, I was going to try and do everything digitally. I was going to not get paper books. I was going to rent books that were digital or buy them digitally or any of that. And so I went, and I got myself a nice tablet. I got an Android tablet. And I very quickly just could not, I couldn't read on it. I couldn't read academic stuff on it. I couldn't learn off of it. Um, and I don't know if it's like the size and the format of it that caused problems. Um, or the fact that I hadn't read on a tablet before that. So at when did I get my Kindle? I don't remember. It's been I've had it I've had it one for quite a few years now. 
Um, at one point I got a Kindle fire and the form factor is entirely different is feels more like a book. And I found that I was able to read on it because I, I, I got it not to read on, but I got it to as a new tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it to, to write on, not read. And there was something about the difference in how the Kindle looked on there versus the tablet. And I think, I think part of it is the form factor because I've, I've had a seven or eight inch, which is about the size of a trade paperback. Um, and I've always had like a matte screen cover on it. So it, it's not as reflective, um, and shiny, but there was, and, and then I started reading for pleasure. I started reading novels and, uh, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, on on the Kindle, um, and it, and it changed my relationship with reading on a tablet because now I can read on a larger tablet, and I I don't like reading on a larger tablet still, mm-hmm. but um, I can do it and I can learn. Like that's yeah. that's been a big change in I think the last year and a half, even before the pandemic, um, I started being able to read on a tablet. Yeah, I I also considered maybe my difficulty is because a lot of my hobbies are digital. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. I game on PC and Switch, and so when I'm in my free time, I'm also looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even, like, there's that temptation. I, I don't know. There's the – obviously, I can I can – resist temptation most of the time. Mm-hmm. But when I'm using my iPad or when I'm using my, you know, computer, there is other things to possibly do. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm using paper, like I'll clear off my desk and just have a paper and my writing utensils and a notebook. Yeah. And so that's why I think I'm making space. Yeah. So the other thing that I did with my Kindle in particular is that it has no social media apps on it at all. Mm -hmm. It's got music apps. It's got background noise apps. Um, and I do allow myself to have the internet or, you know, um, a browser on it. Sure. But I don't have any shortcuts saved on it. And I have never accessed social media on my Kindle. So there's this whole and I think that's part of it, because as soon as I got the tablets, the first thing I did was load social media onto it. Right. I mean, that's the first thing we all do. We get a new phone. The first thing I do is download my social media stuff. Yeah. And I think that's been so that there's a there's a change or something the pandemic really changed in terms of my tech use is I found myself doom scrolling. And I've talked about this previous. I talked about it over over last fall. I doom scrolled a lot. I I subscribed to a lot of news sites and I would just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and it was not good for me. So yeah, I have deleted the Facebook and Twitter apps off my phone Mm -hmm. and off my laptop. So accessing, I have to go to the website, which on either one of them is it's fine on a laptop for Facebook. Um, but on my phone, accessing it through the browser is awful. 
Um, and they nag you constantly to download the app. And I'm not going to, I refuse I to download yeah. it to my phone again. I'm never, I will never have Facebook installed on my phone ever again. Uh, same with Twitter. Um, I just, I don't like either one of them. Um, so I just, I'm just not letting myself have access to it. Uh, so I do have access on my laptop, obviously, but mm -hmm. I don't, I find that I don't access them very often from the laptop. I will. So I mean, I've joked about this, that I only look at Facebook and Twitter when I'm in the bathroom that like, that's been kind of like my way yeah. of like limiting my time. Sure. Sure. And for, for quite a while, that was all I did. And then I found, so this is another thing. So I would, I used to take my, my cell phone and charge it on my, on on my desk in front of me at work and I would be in staff meeting and uh, <clears throat> hopefully no one at work listens to this podcast and I would find myself being bored um, in staff meeting and just scrolling through. I would go to Facebook or Twitter um, and scroll through. So now what I do is I I've taken that the urge away because if my phone's out of sight, it's out of mind. Like right. when I'm at home, my phone usually sits on my desk and I'm not looking at it because I'm out and about doing things unless I'm listening to podcasts and then it's sure. in my back pocket and I'm not scrolling through it. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will leave my cell phone all over the place. So now at work I've taken my phone and I've moved my charger mm -hmm. to the shelf behind my desk. So it's sort of like it's behind me and not in front of me. So it takes me some effort to grab my phone and, and find it. Uh, and that's been really a very positive change. Um, it takes, it just takes away the, the urge to scroll. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you and I definitely am on Facebook less. I, I have them installed on my phone. Well, I don't have Twitter, but I have Facebook and Instagram on my phone. I feel like Instagram's always going to be on my phone because how else are you going to upload the media to it? Yeah, you can't. Um, but, you know, interestingly, I don't find myself doom scrolling on Instagram. Well, I don't find Instagram right. as <sighs> mentally taxing. Right. I think it's because Facebook, there are so many ways that our feed is infiltrated. Like, yes, I've seen advertising on Instagram, but it's a lot more targeted, I feel. Like, yeah. I'll see ads for stationery or for, like, a video game or something where Facebook, like, I don't even know. Like, there is that feature where you can click on an ad and find out why it targeted you. Yeah. And it's it's bizarre because I, I one time got this really strange, like – it was something totally unrelated to anything that I cared about. Um, hmm. And it was because I was a 35 to 55 year old male. Um, and that was it. And I'm like, these people that pay for advertising, that's a huge, that's a huge swath of people. Um, yeah. that, that must first cost a lot, but it, it just, you know, I, I don't know. Facebook is just, it's, it's actually getting worse. Like, yeah. Sometimes what I do is I'll watch a video on Facebook and then mm -hmm. it'll come up, you know, I'll scroll down and watch the next video and you fall into that little hole of like, mm -hmm. you know, but now there's ads halfway through videos. Yep. And I'm just over it. Like I I really wish they didn't get rid of the Facebook groups app. Yep, same. Um because it's it's really hard to ignore everything else when I'm logging on just to look at mm -hmm. RSVP. I um so on my on my laptop I installed 
a let me see if I can find the extension. I think it's called Facebook Feed Eradicator. Okay. And it so it's a Chrome extension and it if you log into Facebook in Chrome with that that Facebook uh the feed eradicator. Yeah. It you your feed doesn't show up. Huh. So it it completely disappears. Um News, so it's the news feed eradicator for Facebook. I also found a, a, a Chrome extension called Unpinterested. Okay. And it adds a um, little thing to all of your uh, Google searches uh-huh. so that Pinterest doesn't show up. I hate that, Pinterest. I, um, I do too. I, I still don't know how to use it properly. Same, and I've just refused to use it because what I found was that people would post my crap from one of my blogs or from RSVP, and then it would just get lost, and people were just stealing content. So I'm done with Pinterest, and I don't want it to show up in any of my searches because it just clogs up my searches. I click on something, and then I can never find the original link, so Mm -hmm. I never can find the blog or the content that I want to see. Or they want me to sign in to find this content, and I'm done. So Unpinterested is a fantastic extension um, and is lovely. I just love it. Between that newsfeed eradicator, it has made my internet use so much better. So, um, But, yeah, so that, that newsfeed eradicator lets me go to Facebook. I don't see anything on my feed, and I just click the, the groups link, mm-hmm. um, and it – it's just so much cleaner. I'll have to try that out because I've been struggling a lot with um, like trying to disengage from Facebook, mm. but also still, I think if I didn't have a blog and we didn't have this podcast, I would just be done with Facebook. See, my problem is that my family uh, and my extended family are on Facebook and I've actually reconnected with some of my extended family that I haven't talked to in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would feel weird about living, about completely leaving Facebook entirely. Right. um, If only for that. I mean, that is the only thing The RSVP um, is, is pretty much the only thing that keeps me on there and that extended family. Mm -hmm. So, I, I will say though that I I definitely um, I definitely doom scroll less, and I think it's because I've talked about it. Because because you know I'm I'm thinking a lot about it's been an entire year since this pandemic has begun, and in the beginning it was like this for me at least this obsessive pull between yeah. like I'm activating myself, but I can't stop. Where now I think it just so much time has passed that I I don't get in those loops as much anymore. Like I tend mm. to catch myself more. But with these with this add-on browser add-on, I think all of that will be solved. Yeah, I mean it really I, I've it it's just so much more helpful than I really expected it to be. Yeah. So. Um. I'm trying to think of other ways in which the I mean, pandemic. No, go ahead. 
Yes, I was going to say, certainly um, it's increased my use of video chat. I'm not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was someone who two a year and a half ago, if you told me that I would be using video conferencing software or video chat on a daily basis and many times a day, and sometimes also willingly in my personal life, I would have told you <laughs> that you were high. Um, <laughs> and you know, that I just, cause I, so yeah, I've done video chats before with some of my friends and, and they were okay, but I, I just didn't like it very much. I, I'm also someone who I, if, if you want to contact me, text me, don't call me. Right. Um, so the idea of combining vocals with a video is shocking that I would willingly do it on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been interesting. That's been an interesting change is the prevalence of video chatting in my life. Like I wholeheartedly agree. Um, video chat has been an interesting thing for me. Um, like you, I prefer texting to, I preferred texting to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me to respond at my own pace. I think that I am definitely a text me kind of guy, but I was forced into, and I say that in like not a bad way, um, but I was forced into having to use video chat because it's the only way, it was the only way for me to go to school. It was the only way for me to do my job. It was the only way for me to do my field placement. And so I had to get comfortable with it real quick. And it's been great and not so great and so starting with the great um i find it provided me with a sense of connection that i was lacking when this pandemic first started because you know obviously we weren't able to go out and and see people face to face and so it felt i felt connected i learned a lot about my coworkers and my classmates because you're literally in someone's house and so i met a lot of pets and you know Cooked a lot, I cooked a lot of meals with people, um, you know, during study groups. And so it was a really cool way to connect. But it definitely had an impact on, at times, my feelings of dysphoria to look at my own self. And it's gotten better, but it's still sometimes weird for me. Um, and so that's been the negative for me because I can't. I can't turn off my camera. I can in meetings, like that's not a thing. But when I'm in session with somebody or when I'm running group, I it's not, I can't, I don't have an option. And so the best way I've learned to combat that is just to not look, like to to make it so you, I can't see my own self. Yeah, that's what I generally do. I um, minimize myself. And fortunately in Zoom, when I run a group, I have everyone's faces on the screen and I make sure that my face is on the bottom half of the sort of all of, uh, what do they call it? Grid, uh, whatever you want to call it, the grid of people on my screen. I make sure <laughs> that I'm on the bottom half yeah. so that I'm not, I'm not looking at myself on the regular. Cause I find that very uncomfortable. I, I don't feel it as a dysphoric. I just find it uncomfortable and also, as a aspect of group therapy, I'm supposed to be attentive to the people in the group, right. not myself. Right. Right. So it just feels weird to stare at myself the whole time. 
Yeah. Um, um, I definitely use, so the issue with me too, is I use both zoom and Google meets mm-hmm. and Google meets is really frustrating because unless you change your name on Google, you can't put your pronouns after your name. Hmm. So yeah. you'd have to change your last name to like your last name and then in parentheses, your pronouns. Yeah. And so then that would get attached to other things. Like it just would be odd. Yeah. Um, where Zoom, you can put whatever display name you want. And I'm surprised Google hasn't implemented something that allows you to change so you can display a preferred name and pronoun because it's very hard for me and for students that I work with that are trans that it has their dead name and there's nothing they can do about it because it's a school Google account. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, and so for me, Google Meets has created more dysphoria because when I'm meeting new people – the, the plight of the trans person, at least in my experience, my own trans experience is do I pass enough? Mm-hmm. And I find myself engaging in behaviors to make sure I do that. And it's just yeah. it's not causing me distress. It just takes up mental space that I wish I had for other things. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, um, but I, I do also like video chat because it has allowed me as a future therapist to be attentive to, you know, my own mannerisms and my own affect when I'm with a client. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, when you're sitting across from somebody, you also have to be aware, but when you're on video, I feel like people are looking at you more. Um, and so I feel like it's given me good practice. If someone tells me something that's really intense or when someone mm-hmm. tells me something that's really emotional, um, it's allowed me to make sure that I am not reacting in an extreme way, even though internally I may be feeling a certain way. And so it's provided me a way to learn a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But now it's to the point where like I'm like, hey, let's let's have a Zoom chat. And it's just like second nature. Yeah. Um, so one of my, one of my former classmates and now current coworker is a millennial and it, it really took me aback the first time. So we, we're on the Google ecosystem or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so we were, we were chatting and, you know, I type fast with lots and lots of typos and, so we were going back and forth and like I was overwhelming her with information and all of a sudden like my computer started beeping and booping and she was doing a video chat with me. She didn't even say anything. She was just like and then she popped up on my screen. She's like, so you were just overwhelming me with a lot of written information. So I thought we would just chat and that would be faster. I was like, oh, holy crap. Um and it actually, you know, I found that that was actually super helpful was like, uh, we have this thing where we can just, you know, do a hangout and it's super fast. It's super easy. Um, but yeah, I've been finding that pretty interesting, but I don't know. Uh, we must be getting close to time here. We are. So I think I have nothing else to add. I was I was just going to ask if you had anything else to add. I mean, I can certainly always pull stuff out of my butt <laughs> for us to talk about. No. Um, 
um, I think I think there's there's a, a fine balance between talking too much. It's like writing a paper. It's like I tell my students that I tutor. Yeah. It's fine if you want to write over your page limit, but you better make sure the professor is going to enjoy reading it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're it's it's gonna it's gonna be a problem. So I think that's the way with podcasts too. So I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I really want to take a moment to thank everyone for their support. It has really gotten me through, um, and I'm sure less you too. Yeah, same. Uh, through these times of, I was going to say uncertainty, but that feels weird. It's not a lie. It just feels like <laughs> ominous. It's uncertainty. Right, right. It's really been a bright light in my life and world. Um, and so it's nice to get to know all of you and to, I feel like this past year, we've all the the regulars in the group, at least we've all kind of gotten closer together and that's really meant a lot to me. Um, and so thank you to all of you and thank you to those that aren't in the group, but listen, if you would like more RSVP content, you should definitely join our Facebook group. Um, and also the best way to let other people know about the show is to just share a link to your favorite episode and, and say why, um, just let people know you love us and why you love us. Or I'm always open to criticism too, as long as it's decent and nice and not passive aggressive. Um, you know, be real. I, I appreciate that. I will never turn down a criticism if it's constructive. So rate us on your, your favorite podcast platform, but you can find the podcast at RSVP stationary You can find me Dade at weeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the weekly pencil. Les, what about you? You can find me at comfortable shoes, studio.com, Facebook at comfortable shoes, studio, Instagram, and Twitter at original LC Harper. All right. Well, sweet. 